Hi, welcome to the pilot episode of The Breach Pod. My name is Ron Neal, coming to you all the way from Southeast Asia. Joining me today is Jane. Say hi. Hi, everyone. My name is Jane. I'm coming to you from London in the United Kingdom. And for the first, the first bit of this podcast, we're going to be talking about, first of all, how this idea came about, why, what, are, what we're going to talk about in all of these episodes, and most importantly, how the name Breach came about. So, Rod Neal, how, do you, how would you like to how, how did, how did everyone it come through about? that? <laughs> well, we, we have been talking about, um, we've been talking, like all year, we've been talking about doing a podcast. Um, More like put three it years off. now. More like three, three years. Actually, yeah, this is literally now. three, four years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> and we finally, finally are recording it. Um, so how did the name Ooh. Breach came about? We're both fans of, we're both huge fans of the Flash TV show. Um, actually, that's one of the things that kind of uh, stalled. The reason why we stalled is we couldn't think of a name. Yeah. Um, so, so there. And then and, and that was... Um, and the Breach, as you know, in the Flash mm-hmm. is this thing that, um, that opens up where... I'm, I'm right, right? Where you kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go to a different universe. Basically. Yeah, go to the different universe. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. The one yeah, that Francisco the... opens. Okay, now I remember. Yeah. So basically, so that's that's why we're calling it why we're calling it the breach pod is basically when you open a breach, you kind of um, defy time and space and all that. And that's what we're doing right now. Um, and you're going into this, this different world, your own yeah. world. Your own where world it's and you and your own whatever things you're interested in. Yes, so that's basically it. That's we're that we're gonna. That's what we're gonna talk about um, for the rest of the time that we're gonna be doing this podcast. Yeah, uh, so literally, it's just all the things that we're we geek out about because we do have these conversations all the time, just us. And we mm-hmm. felt that maybe it would be good to you know share it with the world, open the breach, mm-hmm. and invite everyone into our own little alternate universe. I guess. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess what you call that. I guess that's that's a nice way to put it. Uh, okay, I guess that's a that's that's it for a quick uh, brief history of of uh, or, or etymology, you could say. Uh, yeah. Origin uh, the origin story of the breach pod. Perfect. Um, yeah, origin story huh, like that. Anyway, so what are we going to be talking about today? It, well, since we're both fans of the Flash and season five is right around the corner. We are definitely going to talk about like what we expect, um, what we want to see. But first, we're just not, it's just not about The Flash. One of the things that we geeked out a lot about this year is My Hero Academia. And season three just wrapped up. Jane actually just saw the yeah. last episode a <laughs> few minutes ago. Literally a Literally. few minutes ago. Okay, it's so... Very very oh, very don't fresh forget, don't forget at the end of, at the end of well towards the end of the episode we're gonna give you rec- our own recommendations of like things or pop culture things that we're into right now that you probably should be into as well because we think yeah we think we're cool mm-hmm. <laughs> well you well I'm yeah not I a self, i'm not a self you. I, oh wow thanks we're all we're all cool. We're all cool. Okay, so yeah, let's 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 jump let's jump right in with the uh, let's talk about my hero academia. Um, so you just saw, like I said, you just saw the final episode. Um, well, let's 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 uh, let's start with that. How, what did you think of the, the last episode? I think 
So I think I'd have to preface this first by saying that I literally um, binged the first two seasons only yes. like a couple months ago. Yeah. And then I got... I after got, after I got you into it. Yes. Yes. So this was all Rod Neal's fault that I lost a lot of sleep and everything. But um, so I got caught up in... I managed to catch up with, this, with the season, the ongoing season. And I think like the last episode is a bit... A little anticlimactic i guess or like um not as exciting i guess as i hoped it would be compared to the rest of the season because the rest of the season had a lot of really really huge big what the f moments so exactly yeah, yeah so it, i feel like it kind of you know tapered down tapered out a little bit towards the mm-hmm. end and but it is still good it still makes me want to look forward to the next season obviously and i think obviously that's I'm what we were trying to yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. already a fan, so I will definitely still watch the next season. But I, I actually yeah. remember you um, talking about how um, there was. A, I think this was just around in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. uh, middle of the season three, where it felt like a season finale, like just just the, everything yes. that was happening. It was yes. so big. It was so. So let's let's get into it. I mean, uh, what are your favorite moments from season three? Season favorite moments, so I don't have to say this one, right? Yeah, <laughs> there, are, yeah there, are, there, are there are a bunch. There are, there are a bunch. There are a bunch. Yeah, so I guess one of my favorites is I think the first one is um, that moment when um, Midoriya or Deku kind of unleashed his 1000% power. Yeah. Um, this was that episode when the the class 1a kids were in the forest they were doing some training and then the mm-hmm. villains kind of ambushed them there and yeah. then doria had to save this kid and i guess this kid uh, hated his guts <laughs> yeah and um i guess i guess it's safe to say that this is complete spoiler <laughs> so sorry for yeah. anyone who's not who hasn't seen it yet but well it's not like it's not like our job is to get them hyped so we're yeah really, it's really, not like really proud, man. Yeah. yeah, it's not detrimental to the plot, I, I guess. But um, mm-hmm, eventually, mm-hmm. Midoriya uses his 1,000%. And that was a really, really cool moment, especially like how they animated it. I really loved that. Um, mm-hmm. Another cool thing that I liked was the whole arc of um, All Might final, yeah, finally kind of retiring and you know losing his power and everyone kind of finds out already about it. Um, I think that was a really interesting thing. And I'm that glad was actually- that... That was the one that you pointed out that you said that felt like a season finale. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, because I'm glad that they didn't drag that out, too. Like, I'm glad that it happened in season three. Like, like Midoriya just had enough time. And everyone, like the audience, had just enough time to appreciate All Might, to experience him as a superhero before they retired him. So I like that that it happened. I like the timing of it. And then, I actually, I actually was surprised by it. I, I thought it wasn't going to happen until around like season four or something. But now that you mention it, it, the timing yeah. does feel right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice that to see that um, Deku is kind of dealing with that. I'm calling him Deku, okay, not Midoriya, because I like Deku. That's fine. I like <laughs> Deku. I like Deku. <laughs> um, so I like that kind of Deku is experiencing this as he's early on in his studies. So as opposed to like later on, because I feel like it kind of not really it's, it's pressure on him obviously but at the same time it kind of puts things in perspective as well like okay i gotta do well you know like i think that's a good thing for him to experience that they made him experience that early on um mm. 
and then I guess the other the other moment that I really liked, which is I don't I'm not sure if this is going to be an unpopular opinion because it doesn't I don't know I don't I don't feel like other people will like this maybe, but I really like the the Bakugo and Deku fight, which is towards the end of the season from a couple weeks ago. What? Why don't Why don't you think people will? I think people will like that know, actually. Just because it's Bakugo, I don't know because it's Bakugo. Probably I can I see know. people like not liking him. So I, well, I that's that's true. That's true. I I personally I actually did not like Bakugo at all until see? this fight. Yeah, until exactly. This fight. Exactly. So I mean, this is the first time that we actually see another layer to Bakugo. Like we see some depth in him as a character. It's and a huge, huge character development. It is. That. It is actually. It was written really well. And and remember, I told you that it's a good thing because I feel like in the future, that moment where Bakugo is in on the secret with All Might and Deku, and like they're these, these three, the, the three of them are like they have this pact or secret holding them together. I think it's an important thing for in the future when Deku and Bakugo kind of fight for the number one and number two hero spots. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it makes them have this, it creates a healthy rivalry for them wherein Bakugo is not spiteful of Deku. So mm-hmm. I agree. as opposed to what Actually, happened to even the- All Might and the, the, who's the fiery hero, the number two hero. Uh, Endeavor. Endeavor. Yeah. Endeavor. Todoroki's father. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like because the dynamic with All Might and um, Endeavor is like Endeavor hates All Might, but I think with yes. Bakugo, even if Deku becomes number one, it won't be like that because he's mm-hmm. you know he he understands Deku and like Deku kind of has an understanding of Bakugo, and I think it's only just the beginning sort of of the relationship. So I'm like, yes. looking forward to seeing how that will develop in season four. Mm-hmm. What about and you? And I think actually, I it's it's I think it's a little bit of foreshadowing too. Because um, even in the opening sequence, you see there's there's this there's this part there where you see an image of All Might, and then mm-hmm. Bakugo and then Bakugo and Deku kind of appear in the foreground. Mm-hmm. So I think what's gonna happen is for for a long time it's gonna be like it's not gonna be like a who's number one, who's number two. Mm-hmm. I think what's gonna happen it's gonna be like a one A one B thing, and like mm-hmm. they're both yeah. on the top. That, yeah. That's I, that's how I see it playing out. But yeah. you know we'll see. We, we we don't know for sure yet. I mean. Um, maybe maybe it's already been tackled in the manga. Um, so for full disclosure, we we actually don't check out, we don't read the manga. Yeah, so, so no idea. We have no idea what's gone, what's going on. I just know that it's a little bit further along. Yeah, obviously than the Danny anime, but um, yeah, it's it's exciting to see. Um, I mean, you also have yeah. to consider Todoroki too, because that's that's another interesting thing. Because it's not just Rakugo and Deku fighting for one for one A, one B, or one and two or whatever. That's you know, true. you've got that's like true. other strong heroes, and Todoroki being mm-hmm. one of them. Like, I mean, he has Fire and Ice for crying out loud. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a he's a he's a fan favorite. Todoroki. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, he's my favorite. So, <laughs> I mean, you, no, what about I mean, your moments? What about your moments? Your moments, right? Right. Moments. Um, actually, uh, it would almost be all, all of the things that you mentioned too. And, um, actually the, uh, the part where Deku used the 1000%, uh, Detroit smash, mm-hmm. that for me was, I was, um, and I, I've been telling you about this all year, how I kind of stopped, kind of stopped feeling things. I mm-hmm. felt something there during that time. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, just, the, just, it's just so overwhelming the amount of effort that he put in yeah just to be able to save uh save that little guy i forget, I forget his name yeah the but one yeah, kid who hates that that one kid who hates him uh 
that was made so, you that, feel things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so it was so emotional. It was so emotional, was, and uh, it was very emotional. It was very. I mean, there was this scene when he was he was just you know you can see him struggling, and he kind of just shouted, and then I actually I I saved that photo somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was just there was just so much there. You can you can really see it, it really. It, it's. I think it's just. It further establishes De- Deku's character. Yeah. Um. Like the kind of hero he is. He he is willing to sacrifice whatever to save yeah. who he has to save. But um. What the key thing there is like what happened afterwards, is that the and, and this is the lesson I think. I think one of the biggest things for me as well is that in this season, Deku started to realize, started to really think about how. He can save people without hurting himself. Mm. That was a, I think that was a big thing for me. That that oh, was his yeah. biggest development. I completely forgot about that moment. Right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, okay. it's easy. There were so yeah. many, so many moments <laughs> I know. in season three, right? Yeah. So I think I think that's I think that's key, and that that came about because it also it that's also a byproduct of um of the whole thing with Bakugo, right? Yeah, uh, it was the, the the villains targeted targeted Bakugo. Eventually, they got to him, and so th- that whole arc of him realized it's it all it was all born from that. Um, Are you not going to tell them we, how exactly he <laughs> figured it out? I mean, <laughs> are you going to spoil them or no? I don't think it's worth. Spo- I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think it's it's. I think it's good to to just tease a little, little bit. You know. Yeah, for, okay. especially for people who haven't seen it, and if you're, uh, people are gonna listen to this and you haven't seen it, I, I want you to. Be, it, it's it's nice to it's good to be able to experience that moment, um, for yourself without someone else telling you about it. I mean, we've already spoiled them enough. As yeah, it is. actually, yeah, it's just just basically look for the moment that Deku kind of makes his powers his own. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. That was good. Um, yeah. Um, what else? What else? Moments. Moments. Um, I mean the 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 easy ones are the ones you pick. I mean those are really big set yeah. pieces. You, if, if you you if have a really, small moment that you like, the small moment, small moment. Um, oh my gosh, this is this is this is not a Deku moment. Okay, the small moment. The small moment that I really like is this is during their uh, the licensure exam. Is that, I think is that I, what yeah, it's called? I, I think I'm yeah, kind of like sensing what this is. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, this is this is about one of the uh, main female protagonists. Uh, what is her name? Oraviti. Yeah, that's her. That's her superhero name. Ochako Uraga. Is that? Is that? Is that? Did I get the name right? Uh-huh. Anyway, Oraviti. Yeah, I know she's Oraviti. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically. Uh, so Ravi is kind of the uh, main main girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean, she's being for a while. It's kind of being set up that it's gonna be she's gonna be the main love interest of of Deku. I mean, mm-hmm. it's certainly built up to that uh, on her side. Um, she kind of had built up all of this this admiration for how Deku approaches things, mm-hmm. and 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 then that's that started from season one and how and just observing how Deku uh, kind of made his way see he's, Deku's kind of like one of the top mm-hmm. people in, in the class right yeah, yeah. Uh, so eventually I mean 
it started becoming really more apparent that he's she was starting to develop feelings for him. Mm-hmm. But during the licensure exam, um, it had this. There was this moment where Ravini was kind of a little too focused on Deku, mm-hmm. and then and then she and then she suddenly she snapped out of it. She realized like I I forgot what Deku did exactly, but she realized that you know she was admiring Deku because Deku was trying his best to become the hero, the best. Yeah, hero yeah, he I can remember be. this moment. Right? Yeah, yeah. So and really and then it was it was a really good moment, right? Because yeah. and and then and then from there, Ravidi kind of started thinking. She 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 kind of already acknowledged that she has feelings for him, right? Yeah. But but then after seeing that, she kind of remembered why she was there in the first place. You know, she's a mm-hmm. she has a very practical reason for wanting to be her. She wanted she wants to provide for her family, um, and she kind of went back to that. She kind of went back to just be uh, instead of just keep trying to chase after Deku. Uh, she kind of the exact line was, "I'm gonna put these feelings away." Oh, <laughs> it's like an awe moment. <laughs> it, it is right. I yeah, mean, it is. But it's such a great thing for a for a female character. I mean, it's yes. such great writing. I, I think it's you know because it's not I. It's great because th- it shows that these she's not there to just be Deku's love interest. Exactly. Because I really, I really love what happened there. I really love it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for the. I'm I'm shipping Deku and Oravity all the way, but I love how she has her own arc. Mm. Right. She has her own. And narrative. it's just not. Yes. And just that 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 line though. I'm gonna put these feelings away. I mean, that hits home. <laughs> that anyway. and yeah, I mean, it's right. in the age of in the age of me too so yeah you know, like exactly feminism exactly. you know can i say another one can i say another moment that i remembered yeah just because um just because of the you mentioned the licensure exam and mm-hmm. one thing that i remembered was it's not even they're not the main characters as well as well it's not about deku or bakugo or anyone or todoroki it was um when yayu rozu and that group with Asui and Jiro and Shoji. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, that yeah. group when they were trapped inside the building in the room with um, some people from other other schools kind of surrounding them. Yeah. They were led by this woman, this school, who, uh, this, school this girl, sorry, this girl who could, um, who was very, very smart. I think that was her quirk. If I remember that was her quirk. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, really high IQ. Yeah, really high IQ. And... I really love that moment because Yairozu was like, I mean, all of them, they kind of showed other, these other students from other, from others, from another school, exactly what this class was about, that it was about friendship and about saving one another. And it wasn't just like, they weren't, they weren't um, engrossed too much in just passing the exam and kind of leaving their friends behind, you know? So they were, they weren't mm-hmm. all about that. I love that they kind of, they went back for the, the moment they went back for Yairozu, like after she had bailed them out and she was kind yeah. of trapped inside the room and then they went back for her. And then the, uh, the, 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 the girl with the high IQ was like, so surprised. Why did you come back for her? And they're like, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we do. And it's just like an embodiment of all the experiences they've had up to that point where they had to fight off actual villains in real life and everything. So yeah, I think that was a great moment. Agree, agree. And actually, now that you point that out, 
I think one of the main reasons why the storytelling for My Hero Academia has been so good, why I've been so hooked, is that it kind of leads you one way and then hits you with something hard. Exactly. And it goes in a different direction, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's like it's it's kind of in, in basketball. It's like you're getting you're getting crossed, and it was just so good. <laughs> the, the, they execute it so well. Um, yeah. So that's it. I, I love mean, the basketball reference, like the metaphor. I, of course. I mean. I At mean, some of, point, we're going to talk course, about basketball, I'm pretty sure. I, we have to. I mean, and that's going to come up several times because that's how we think. <laughs> we probably might do an episode on the NBA season. You never know. The upcoming we might. Yeah, let's see. Let us know if you want to hear that. Okay. Um, so is that it for My Hero? Are we, any final thoughts for Season 3 what, and what you want to see for Season 4? What I want to see for Season 4? Well, I'm definitely curious about, like... As I said earlier, I'm curious about the, how the relationship of Bakugo and Deku will play out and how Bakugo and All Might's relationship will play out as well. Because they kind of already um, explored a little bit or kind of focused or touched on how Bakugo's, Bakugo also is a huge fan of All Might. And that's something that was not really focused on in the past seasons, I guess. Like it's always been Deku, Deku, Deku. I mean, his room and everything. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's going to be an interesting thing as well. And I'm curious to see how and when the the those three. Um, I think there were Todoroki, Bakugo, and someone else who didn't pass literature exams. I'm curious to see how that plays out. Like how they're gonna mm-hmm. how they're gonna pass and the work study thing because that was the last bit of the season. Like the work study mm-hmm. that they were gonna do. So they're gonna be out there in the real world. What about you? What are you looking forward to for season four? I don't. I don't even know where to begin, man. Um, definitely everything you mentioned as well. Uh, those. Uh, it's it's the dynamic. I, I'm really interested to see how this changes the dynamic between Bakugo and um, and Deku. Mm, yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that this fight happened early on. Because, like, with, with all of these um, shonen series, right, I'm, I expect a time jump at some point. Ooh. And I'm glad that this happened early on. Um, right? Yes. I mean, so that's, that's, really, that's really one of the things that we really need to look forward to. I'm, I am also looking forward to, um, I hope he makes a, re- a comeback. Because back in season, um, I think it was in season two during the tournament arc, mm-hmm. um, Deku faced off with... Um, what's his name? The purple-haired guy, Shinzo. Shinzo. Mm. What was his um, quirk again? He, I forgot the name of the quirk, but his quirk was is kind of. If, if if you guys have seen Code Geass, it's his powers are similar similar to Lelouch. Mm. His powers are to compel, or um, if you say something, he can. Yeah, he yeah, kind yeah. Of, he, he can, can compel you to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember. Right. Yes. right. He can compel you to so, do things. He can compel you to do things. Yeah. And 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 he, and he was, he has this, this really strong desire to be a hero. But everyone, his his backstory was really interesting in that everyone was saying his 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 quirk is meant to be for villains, and it would be he would be the perfect villain. But um, I'm I'm interested to see if they're gonna bring him back because mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm a fan of of his quirk. I'm a fan of his character. I really think he can he can he's the type who can possibly play a big role uh especially with um especially since we're i'm also we're probably going to see more of class 1b right yes yes so 
so yeah, I like to see more of them as well. So yeah, those are those just those are just the stuff I'm looking forward to in, in terms of uh, season four. I'm looking yeah. forward to um, seeing an origin story from like an unlikely character, like maybe that dude, the 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 one that um that you were mentioning at the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can see a compelling yeah. story. And as an aside, I have a question for you before we move on uh-huh. to the Flash. Do you uh-huh. ship Bakugo and Deku? I'm pretty sure that this has come up what? at some point. This is gonna be what? a bromance, okay? <laughs> this can legit be a bromance. Like, what? I mean, you have to see this coming. I'm pretty sure, like, some people that's, are talking about this right now. <laughs> that's true. That's Somewhere true. I think in no. the deepest, I've, I've darkest corners of internet forums. I think I've I've, I've gone into I've gone on Tumblr recently. And I've seen I've seen the ship. I have seen people see ride the ship. See. Uh, yep. Will it's it a sail? Thing. That is the question. It is totally Will it thing. sail? I, I I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. I think that's how, a good note to end on, right? It is a good <laughs> note. Weird note to end on. Big. Yeah. But yeah, it makes sense. You know, love, love, love wins. Whatever, man. Bro, Baku, Bakudoria or something. Ba- yeah. Ba- yeah, Bakudoria. You heard that's, it here first. Bakudoria. <laughs> It's happening. Mido Kobu? No. Bakudoria works. Nah, yeah. Baku, Bakudoria. I think that sounds better. Bakudoria. Yeah. We can go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So that's that about does it for our kind of recap best moments, favorite moments from my Euro Academia. And now we're gonna jump right into the Flash season five, which is um premiering in Korea this October. Yeah. In a few days, in a few days, yes. Um, okay. There's there has been a lot of talk about the suit. Yes. Um so one of the big one of the big okay, so just one of the big one of one of the few big things uh, to look forward to is like there's the suit. Um their daughter from the future is is gonna be a huge part of the season. And of course there's like who is the big bad? Yes. Um, I don't know. I have not so, seen any talk about that yet. Like, I don't know if they've revealed I, a villain yet. He has been mentioned. I have not read a lot about. Uh, I tend to not read a lot about like who's who's the because I like I like to be surprised. I like to I like to actually see the series' take on these villains because um a little a little background. Um, Jane is kind of purely series type. I <laughs> I've gone a bit. And um, I, because my, my entry point to most of these series are are through nineties uh, cartoons, right? Yeah, nineties or early two thousands cartoons, and that's how I got into reading some of the comics. So uh, I have a little bit of an idea of who these characters are, just just a little bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I haven't read everything. I yeah, mean, you're who like has the time. You're like my resource <laughs> for this because I'm completely in the dark. I don't. Read and this is this goes for anime as well for everything. Like I don't consume manga or comics anymore, just because I consume a lot of different media already, and I really don't have mm-hmm. the time. And especially with exactly. with like the DC and Marvel comics, just a vast universe. Like I'm just happy yeah. consuming the like the series and the movies. I'm happy with that. <laughs> so well, well, um, even I guess yeah, I even me too. I mean, I only get bits and bits. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's start with why don't we start with the suit? That's such a big talking point yes. uh, entering the season. What do you think about the suit, and especially the removal of the chin guard? 
<laughs> um, honestly, I'm, as I, as I said, like, I'm, I haven't really been into like the comics or anything like that. So I don't have mm-hmm. any background as far as the suit is concerned and what it looks mm-hmm. like, what it should look like or something like that. Apparently there was mm-hmm. a thing in the comics that um, it should look like something specifically, but I'm not sure about that. And so, yeah, I don't have an opinion on it. I think generally I don't have an opinion actually on the, the suit as well. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't it's, see the it's difference. Such a, it's such a minor honest. thing, right? It's such a minor thing. Yeah, it is. Like it just, it's, it looks the same to me. I mean, it's just, it's really cool. And I just, I don't know. I don't see much of a difference. Okay, like the key. Um, okay, so I some of the key differences are. Yeah, really. Like there was a leak, and people were like pissed, and I'm just like, why? I didn't yeah. get it. To be honest, I didn't get well, it. You know. Uh, the well, one of like I said, one of the big differences is the chin guard. They removed it because um, for Grant's suit, for the TV series suit specifically, they've always had like a chin guard for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took that away because like traditionally. In the comics, the Flash didn't really have a chin guard. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really... I mean, it. it's not a big deal to me as well. Yeah. And the other, the logo. The other differences are the logo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, during the first season, instead of... Um, so they have the lightning, right? Mm-hmm. And then around the lightning, instead of a white, um, white background for the lightning, they had a red one. And they... They did that for both seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. It was only until season three where they changed the uh, red to white. Mm-hmm. And then from seasons one to three, the the suit's color has been more like a maroon, darker shade of red. Mm-hmm. So they brightened it up for season four. Mm-hmm. So basically what they tried to do for season four is make, make it look closer to the, uh, to the comic book, um, the comic book suit. Yeah, I actually like, like the white said, logo bit. I like that. I, I like the white. I like. I like white. I like the white logo. Um, and like you said, honestly, it doesn't matter. It. I. I see the difference. I, unlike you, I do see the difference. It's just that I don't see it playing a huge role in and how it it'll affect the story because it's at the end of the day, it's still gonna be about. It's still gonna be about the story. Yeah, and it's going to be about The Flash. I mean... It's going to be about The Flash, yeah. Yeah, this is... I mean, I think the thing with The Flash is, like, people have a lot of opinions. (laughs) It's like, people have a lot (laughs) of strong, violent opinions (laughs) about The Flash. So I'm pretty sure, like, when they found this opening about the suit, they're like, time to jump Uh into this. Time to say a lot of things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've, we've, we've discussed that more than we probably should have. Let's now go into um, what do you what do you expect with with all this um, uh, with Nora Allen, the daughter from the future, coming in. Um, How about I ask you, you that first? How about you go first? Okay, so it's weird because, um, like from from what I know, from what I've read uh, in the comics, that uh, Barry and Iris actually had twins. Interesting. Yeah. This is why I love yeah. that you've read these things because, like, and I haven't. I just, you know, you just give me bits of information yeah. that are interesting and that I need, and I don't mm-hmm. need to watch or and I don't need to read everything. <laughs> so yeah, they had they had Barry and Iris had twins. They obviously are both uh, speedsters. And they're um, both male. And, I, are they both female? They're male and female, male and female, oh. and um, yeah. 
So um, so I that forgot. could potentially forgot see the twin, right? That could happen. What was that? We could potentially could. see the, I the mean, twin. Yeah, I mean, there's like, especially with the Flash. I mean, ever since they introduced like the multiverse, the whole Speed Force thing, time travel, different dimensions, that just opens you up to everything. Mm-hmm. So, I'm yeah, sure. so. It does get you excited, right? Yeah, um, I mean, because like she came from the past, and uh, sorry, from the future. Future, yeah. A yeah. potential twin could come and get her back, right? At some point. Oh, wow. that's true. A twin was never introduced. Yeah. Never said. That. Oh my god! We never what did. if like, the real big bad is the twin? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, that would be insane. What? Is that the case in the comics? That's that's actually possible. That's that's possible. Oh my gosh. Yep. It could happen. There's a. It could be like I don't a think rogue, it, I don't, rogue Allen f- family member. It's it's not well actually in a in a comics the the children hated Barry because Barry was not around oh. for them. How yeah. can he not so be around? A He's a that. speedster. Like he can and literally a, be there a, all the time. There's a little bit of that going on, at least in in one of the stories I read, because like there are several stories on this. Um, so there's that. So. Um, it's really hard because, like, what I mean, the the good thing about this the, the TV series and the, the good thing about um, when you're taking inspiration from, from comic books, and I've seen this play out not just in, in DC but also in the Marvel cinematic cinematic universe, that you have so much material to pull from. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to say to really stay true to your source material. I mean, when you're staying true to the source material, I think the best thing you can do is really just maintain the spirit of the character. And I think for the most part, the TV series has done that for Barry. Um, so you're one of those people who have seen or have read the comics, but are not like pissed off by the portrayal or the adaptation not, in the series. Not at all. Not at all. Cause they, and really that's, that's really the great thing about um, transitioning from one media to another. You can't just copy the same thing. Yeah. You can't just lift it off the page and expect the same thing to happen and expect the same stuff to go down when you put it in a live action TV series. Some things yeah. have to be different. Yeah. Especially um, as and then, that it's a huge, huge, like, it's a massive source material. You know, there's, there's a lot. A, there's a lot. There's, there's too much to pull from, actually. Yeah. So it's uh, even, even, even for season three, right? Mm. You did Savitar. Savitar was the big bad, and he turned out to be a future Barry. That yeah. wasn't the case in the comics. Savitar wasn't a future Barry. Savitar was just a different speedster altogether. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, in terms of what I want to see, what I've, I mean, I guess that's it. What if that's, what if that's the case? What if, this, what if Nora actually has a twin, and... Um, he turns out to be the actual big bad instead of this other person that they're teasing. That would be a so, massive mind blowing moment for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I if that happens. Wow. Wow. Right. <laughs> yes. I agree. What else? What else do you want to, what else do you want to see? What do you want to see for season five? For like, me, about for, for other characters? A bunch. Maybe. Like, well, for other characters, as you meant, let's, well, that's one of those things. So I'll just jump off of that. Um, I, I remember, like, Nora, I think I read this as well in an interview with the person who plays Nora, or mm-hmm. I probably noticed it as well. Well, I did notice it as well. Like, 
she because Nora kind of showed up in different episodes, right? Like she was the yeah. waiter or whatever. Like she was just she was she was an Easter egg basically. For she was she was yeah, leading up to that moment at the season finale. So we mm-hmm. kind of saw her around, and we, we've all been curious, like who is she? What like because she was getting screen time and like dialogues, although briefly, right? And yes. she had different interactions with all the different characters. She treated them or kind of um, interacted with them differently. Um, I can't remember like a specific, I think maybe it was Caitlin or maybe Cisco that she was kind of hostile or like you're not okay with them. There, there felt like there was some tension. I think it was Caitlin. There was a moment that she, she looked like, or she felt like there was some tension. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah. And then I read an interview with, by, with the, the, the actress and she kind of confirmed that. So I think it's interesting for me to see what the relationships are like in the future, like how it evolved, like what happened there. You know, why are they not cool? Why are why is she cool right. with one person and not with the other? So I guess you can kind of see, you can get a peek right. as well into how Team Flash evolves into the future. Actually, um, it's good that you mentioned Caitlin because yes. we, we, she has his own arc going on too, right? Because what happened was um, Killer Frost kind of went away from her. Mm-hmm. And now she, what she's trying to find out is um, she's trying to dig up her past because it it appears that Killer Frost has been there all this time. Yeah, that's that's what that's what was being teased. So that's like she has her own art going on, and that may may actually be playing a play, may, that may have played a part as to why Nora interacted with her the way she did. Ooh, that is interesting, right? Yeah, right. And and and, and in the comics, I mean, Killer Frost has always been a villain. Okay, so so so, so they kind of twist, they kind of turn it around for this for the series. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. I'm curious about how she's gonna get Killer Frost back. I want to because I want to see this dynamic again with them some more. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool, mm-hmm. like they're actually kind of warming up to each other. They're actually friends now. Yo, know, I like I like what they did. I don't know if like yeah, the yeah. people hate hate that, but I really like that. I like that development. I like I like it too, actually. Yeah. Um, so another big moment, I think, just one more, is um, mm-hmm. who the villain will be, obviously. I think it's a, it's a, it's a curious thing for me, particularly, because I really, really like the thinker. He's my favorite of all the big bads. And I really? think it's an unpo- Yes, I see it. I see it. Now you, the, the reaction comes. It's an unpopular opinion, I know. Like, a lot of people what? like the speedster more. Um, who do you want? Like Reverse Flash, I think, or Savitar, or oh, rever- I, Reverse. Flash. For me, for me, it's still Reverse Flash. For me, it's hands the down, still the best villain. I'm the thinker. I mean, like, look what he did. What? Because, like, with the with the Reverse Flash or with any speedster, it's just like it's a battle of speed, you know. But like with the thinker, like it was literally mm-hmm. a puzzle that they had to solve and they couldn't solve, and it was something that. I think it merited an entire season run for them to be able to figure him out. You know what I mean? It's such a difficult opponent to have for him. Like, for mm-hmm. him to be like always one step ahead of you was so smart. Yeah. I think that's like the best superpower. <laughs> it's, Actually, it was, a, it, was a, it was a nice setup too. Because at some point, uh, well, I mean, the, the thing with the first three seasons, right? I mean, it, the intro has always been, my name is Barry Allen, I'm the fastest man alive. And then it turns out he's not the fastest man alive. Yeah, but actually, that's, always gonna, that's the running joke, right? Yeah, that's um, for um, com- the comment section that I see right, all right? the time. Yeah. And then in season four, they kind of address that. Like, 
he is fast enough. He definitely is the fastest. But there is another but, way to beat him. But yeah, but you know, it, it, he, they needed more than his speed to beat this guy it's because not he's like speed. he's he's like a hundred steps ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. But I mean, well, I for me, I, again, for me, I think it, it's it's going back to just the fact that Reverse Flash is the ultimate rival. I guess uh, fair enough. Yeah, for me, that's that's why, and I think. And I think the way the way he was introduced to the way that what they did with the character in the season one was just freaking amazing. Um, yeah. Season one was great. It was a, it's such a great way to um, kick off the Flash, uh, TV, a Flash TV series. A lot of people um, I'm actually, love season one, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, love everything yeah. else. Yeah, agree, agree. I mean, and I think season two and three are kind of. Um, now that looking back, they're 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 a little they're downers for me. Yeah. Um, what I liked about season four is they brought back this slider tone. Mm, um, yes. Right. So they they brought back the slider tone, and I guess just having that, and and even even in, um, there were heavy moments in season four. It's not like uh, I mean, just just the fact that this he, Barry was on trial for yeah. murder. Yes, but that was a weird thing, though. We have to admit that, like, how he got out of that was kind of weird. Oh yeah, because it's like oh, yeah. he that was, was like... so adamant to do it the right way, the clean way, and then it ended up that they didn't do it the clean way. <laughs> I think, I think at this point, I, I mean, I've come to accept that there will be plot holes, um, especially with with the comic book. Um, yeah, the plot, book are... the plot holes are. Plot holes, they're going to be there. Yeah, they're like yeah, they're enough. They're gonna be there. The the crossover event. I'm excited. Oh, it's gonna be about right. It's just early December, right? Uh, yes, it's happening in December. Is it? It's yeah, happening it's a little later than, than than it happened last year. Last year was around November, right? Yeah, I'm gonna be was in it? the air. I think when it airs. Oh, <laughs> in the air, no, it's ooh. Manila, so I'll be watching it ooh. in Manila. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. I think there's going to be, a, from what I've read so far, it's going to be a smaller set piece. It's not going to be like a... Because last year they did this whole Nazi Nazi thing, That right? was really cool, by the way. That, that like, really there's cool. an alternate a... world somewhere where the Nazis yeah, were. That kind of creeped yeah. me out. And that was cool in a creepy kind of way. Yeah. Cool to I, just explore it, but not cool if you don't want it. You know, like, just, yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So from what I read, this year's crossover is going to be more self-contained. And, mm. and the biggest thing, I think, is that they're introducing Batwoman oh. in the crossover. Really? Yes. Why? How is she going to get it? How is she going to, you know, how is we she are getting, We are getting Batwoman. I mean, it's great because, like, I think it's finally... It's a series. It's a separate series. Or- it's, it's a separate series. So they're gonna what they're gonna do is like similar to how they kind of introduced Barry, right? Yeah. Um. He first, yeah, he first came in. Uh, he appeared in Arrow. Ooh. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I forget what season. I think it was three or four around. Oh, I think it was three. If I'm not mistaken. Or was it even two? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but but um, that's what they're gonna do with with the crossover. They say Batwoman is gonna play a big part. Um, and then from there they're gonna spin off. A new series. Uh, she's, 
to her own series, which is and it's great because like they've addressed they've addressed. Um, I mean, Arrow uh, in Arrow. Uh, I'm not sure if you follow that series. I don't. Um, unfortunately, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, in Arrow, <laughs> they've addressed. I mean, Oliver Queen, the protagonist, the Green Arrow. He's already he's already name dropped Bruce Wayne in the mm-hmm. series. So they acknowledge his existence in the universe. So there's that. Okay. So it makes it makes sense. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. With Arrow, I don't really watch it, but like I kind of keep an eye on it, like clips on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and just like you know, kind of steady, steadily keeping in touch with the storyline somewhat, but not to the extent that I know everything. So yeah, so that's I think that's what's exciting about that. I mean. I, I'm I'm not sure how they're gonna pull. I mean, I think the the way they pull in Supergirl has all been, has always been a cop out. Um, speaking of Supergirl, I have not seen the entirety of the I latest have, season. I haven't, I haven't either. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's there's just so much going on. Yeah, um, I mean, like just to have Super, I mean, Supergirl or Superman is always a cop out. I mean, they're like the most powerful Superman. Yeah. 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 So I mean, like maybe they, similar to Thor. They always have to. They always have to power him down. They, they, always, they always need to put a, find a way to sideline them somehow. Yeah. yeah. That's but, interesting. Yeah. That's interesting that they're making a series for Batgirl just because Gotham Batwoman. is going to be. Its, um. Oh, sorry, Batwoman. Um. Yeah. Gotham is going to be character. running its last season early next year, so it's going to be perfect timing, maybe. Like after Gotham uh, wraps up, you've got Batwoman's kind of yeah, that's 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 really Batman. connected to the yeah mm-hmm. good pull agree, on the Batman fans. Actually, you're not it's a, fan a of Gotham, by the way. Just <laughs> putting that out. Wow, there. wow. And I am. I am not a. I am not a fan of prequels. <laughs> it is really I mean, good. I tried. Okay. <laughs> I tried Smallville. Oh, I, I followed it for a while. Up until, they, up until they broke up Lana Lang and. Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess, I, 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 I can say that, um, that that kind of that was kind of the case for me too. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not really into prequels all that much. Oh, Go- but Gotham is really good. Just for the record, and especially the season finale of the season, the fourth season, I think it was. That was the last season, and I'm heading uh-huh. to, the, to the final season. It's really, really good. It's really good, and he's just about to be Batman already. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Also, kind of related because, like, because the thing you because you because you mentioned Gotham is ending, they're gonna have a Batwoman. So they're, they're what they're trying to do is they're kind of keeping Bruce Wayne in the background, Batman in the background, mm-hmm. which is what is also happening when the Titan series premiere, which is also happening in October. Oh, I did not know that. I was not aware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a uh, there's that too. There's that ha- that that thing is happening. Okay. As well, I'm not sure if they're going to be in the same universe as the Arrowverse. Uh, I'm thinking they won't be multiverses, right? That's yes. such a cop out. But I mean, that's a, that's the easiest way of explaining it. Yeah, it makes um, sense. I think they're going to try. They're 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 probably going to tie it at some point. But like right now, I I like that they're contained. That they're kind of like have they exist in their own universes and whatnot. Okay, I think I think that's about it for, uh, for the discussion flash. about the for the flash. Yeah, for now. Obviously, we're gonna for come now, back. We're definitely gonna come back. Maybe yeah. mid season or or right after crossover. I mean that the crossover is gonna be an episode on its own. Yeah, we can actually sure. record this physically together. Yes, 
Looking forward to that. Yes. Um, okay. So what are we gonna? So we talked about. We told them about making recommendations. Yes. You, you were you were bugging me about this. Like, how many can you make and whatnot? <laughs> I just have so much to recommend. You have, you have so much. You have so much. Um, so yeah, why don't you Look go at, ahead and? I was about to say, would you like to go first? <laughs> no, okay. no, you, you. Okay, it's all you, man. It's all you. Okay, so we're gonna limit this to three things now although i would really love to recommend a bunch of other things um so it's not going to be limited to series or movies or anything like that it's going to be just whatever we're interested in right now whatever is distracting Mm -hmm. us from life or whatever we're you know whatever pop culture we're into right now um so i guess i have three things and unfortunately two of them are really heavy so we'll start with heavy ones before i go into the lighter one so i guess Mm -hmm. start with the book the, the book I'm reading right now is called The New Odyssey, The Story of Europe's Refugee Crisis. It's by journalist Patrick Kingsley. It's a nonfiction book. Um, Patrick Kingsley is uh, a journalist for The New York Times. Um, he's based in London, and I think sometimes in the Middle East. And he was the first migration reporter for The Guardian in 2015 when the whole refugee crisis kind of blew up. So I guess... Yeah, that's what I said, that it's really kind of a heavy book. So it kind of tells the story of the refugee crisis and all of that. And he follows um, one man's journey from the Middle East all the way to Europe. So yeah, so that's one book I'm reading right now. It's really, really good. It provides a lot of context. So it's not really pop culture-ish, but it's very timely. Um, the other thing, I guess I recommend an album, a record, um, music-wise. So like. This is a really hard decision to make because <laughs> I'm about to see Bring Me the Horizon in November and I would really love to recommend his song, the new song, the band's new song called Mantra, but it's one song. So I'm going to recommend instead. And also that's like a very, like more of a heavy rock type of band. So I'm not sure if that's a thing for, you know, a lot of people. Apparently my music tastes are very... You need to me. I'm like the only mm-hmm. one on my on my plane. But um, so instead, I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend like a folk rock record, and it's from the Wealthy West. He's a one man band, and it's his second record, which was released just this year. Wait, the first how one is he a one man band? The Wealthy West. How, how does yeah, that work? Just one person. It's kind of like Mitch Shinoda in Fort Minor, right? He's just, he's just ah, right, yeah. right, okay. Okay, go on. So go it's on. just he he's just uh he's actually he actually has another band called I think the Rocket Boys and kind of just to kind of Oh, I think I've heard of the Rocket Boys. Yeah, so it's um it's Brandon Kinder, I think it was his name. And right. yeah, he kind of he does this is like a side project type of so it's literally kind of like kind of like Mike Shinoda with Fort Minor. You know, like all right, this all right. kind of thing. Like this is how he expresses himself in a different way. Um which is a different sound from his original band. So his first re- his first full length record, which was called Long Play, was released in 2016 and it was actually really good. And it had some songs that went onto TV series like Rain, for example. And he released um, this new record called The Right Regrets earlier this year, and it's really good. And as I said, it's kind of heavy though. It's kind of like if you're having an existential crisis a little bit. This would be the record to listen to because it kind of asks all the questions peels like the human layers of our existence and everything like that so it's a bit of but it's good music like melodically it's i like it it's kind of that's a weird thing it kind of sounds light melodically a little bit at the beginning Mm. but then like the subject matter is a little bit 
dark. He did say it's like a depressing record, so I'll leave it at that. And then finally, um, a series <laughs> that I'm watching right now, which I literally just binged today, is called mm-hmm. um, A Discovery of Witches. Which and you're trying to get me to watch. Yes, it is really, really good. It only has eight episodes on the first season so far. Um, and it's we're up to episode three. Episode four is going to air on Friday. And it has it features Matthew Good, who is good. He is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's basically about vampires and witches and demons, like basically other creatures in the world. And trust me, it's not like the Vampire Diaries or anything like that. It's really, it's really <laughs> cool. Although the Vampire Diaries is really good too. I really love that. Um, and it's based on a series of books by a woman called Deborah Harkness, who coincidentally was someone that I tried to interview for a story I did for CNN. Um, but yeah, we, that interview didn't go through. But yeah, that was her books and it's really good. So you should watch it. And you, you, Rodney, all should watch it. I will. I will. I mean, actually, when we were trying to, and this is something I, I <clears throat> the next time, lead off with who is the, like, the main female protagonist. <laughs> oh, like, my God. When you oh asked me God. to look for the, when you asked me to look at the, at the trailer, I immediately saw Teresa Palmer and like, oh, watch Yeah. <laughs> yes? Who I mean, coincidentally like, also, to me, looks like um, Chris Stewart a little bit from yeah, Twilight. Yeah, I guess. Well, especially in, in that in that particular trailer, actually, I see what you mean. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as, as as I was telling you earlier, I mean Teresa Palmer. I love her in Warm Bodies and uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. I, I've been in love with her for a while. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. I think that's kind of Teresa um, <laughs> Palmer. Was sorry about this. If you hear this, <laughs> if you ever hear this, wow. Probably if won't, you, but... If you ever hear this, please invite me to um, a premiere or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I will check this out um, when I find the time. Um, you will find the time. I, find uh, the time. <laughs> okay, okay. I will. <laughs> okay, then I will. Damn. All right. Okay, now uh, your turn. Your recommendation. My turn, my turn. I think yours All is right, lighter okay. compared to mine, because mine right now... My- promise next time it will be a little lighter for me. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I, I, I'm feeling a little bit. Um, I don't know how to say it, but like all your recommendations appear like make you f- seem like this really deep person, and and I know you are. And I'm like, I'm just gonna. And my recommendations, it's gonna, it's just gonna affect how much of a man child I am. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a man, and I'm a woman child. I think I'm a freaking, I'm a freaking man child, and I'm proud of it. Anyway, okay, um, on to my recommendations. Um, as Jane said, it's not going to be all about shows and movies. Uh, the first thing that I will recommend, because I, uh, in my main job, one of the one of the stuff, one of the stuff I do is I actually have the privilege to get access, early access to some games, and one of those games is Marvel Spider Man. It's actually already blown up. It's been released. Um, I think it was released September, officially released September seventh. So it's been around for uh, close to a month now, and it actually is already the fastest selling ps4 game imagine mm-hmm. that it's it's actually already nominated as, as game of the year but i'm not ready to call it the game of the year mm-hmm. i think that title firmly should go to god of war but since i'm a huge huge spider-man fan is this a game that 
you should definitely play. Actually, even if you're not a Spider-Man fan, I still recommend that you get this. You get on it. If for whatever reason, this is your first time being introduced to Spider-Man, this game captures his essence perfectly. It's all there. And the, and the, the really refreshing thing about, about the story is that in, in the mainstream, the movies that we've seen, most of them have been about origin stories. It's just Spider-Man getting his powers, starting off. Here in the game, you're getting a veteran Spidey. Someone who's been at this for quite a while. He's been a superhero for eight years. He's taken down villains. So he's like, he's not a newbie. Uh, that's The story itself draws a lot of inspiration from the ultimate universe in terms of, of the comics. So it's not going to align with your well, what you traditionally think about uh, traditional roles, especially for uh, his main love interest, MJ, Mary Jane Watson. And I think MJ, what they did with MJ here is fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just can't say enough how good a game this is and how much it captured who Spider-Man is, the what his struggles are. I've, I've, I've completed the game already. I've, I've finished the story and I can't wait for New Game Plus to come around so I can kind of go through the, scroll, go through the story again. I didn't realize that I had such a huge connection with the Spider-Man as a character until kind of going through this game. So th- that's just, just play it. Play, just take your time. Go through the story. It's such a well-told story. Well-played game. Great game overall. Rodney is uh, your guy for game. Yeah. I'm just, I don't play wow. games, so. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney is your guy. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. So, well, right. I, I, uh, I, uh, I wouldn't say my game. I mean, it's just a casual game. You write about games. Come on. I write about games. I write about games. At some point, so, I think we're going to have to t- tell our listeners what um, what our jobs are, I guess. Or what yeah, we're doing. yeah. Maybe in the next episode, we'll have like some character Maybe development that's... where we kind of yeah, tell you yeah. what we do for a living or something. That's true. That's true. We can, we can do that. We can do that for the next episode. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've spoken too much already about it. Um, next recommendation um, is the... Bleach live action adaptation. Which I haven't um, seen, by the way. <clears throat> oh, you haven't? I no, thought you've already seen it. No, I was supposed to have put it on my list, but not haven't yet. Yeah, yeah. Fine. It's, a sh- it's a short... Um, I, I'm not sure how long it is. I don't think it's even two hours. So It's a, it's a quick movie. Um, I think. Okay, see, the, the problem with... Uh, See, this is the thing. The thing with doing live action adaptations is it's never going to be like I mentioned earlier. When you take something off the page, you put it, or you put it in an, in an anime, or you put it in a live action, it's going to be different. People should always operate in, in that assumption. There are definitely going to be things that are different. It's just impossible to kind of take exactly the same thing and put it in a live action situation. Mm, great. That said, what Bleach did with the uh, with the live action movie, it it was actually able to stay true to most of the um, first arc of the Bleach anime and the manga. Mm. Um, it did. They was able to stay true to it. They were able to. I think it was a very uh, the way they condensed the story was actually pretty good. Actually, it could actually even be shorter. I thought there were certain parts that 
were kind of dragging. But overall, overall, I would say it's a pretty faithful adaptation of the of the manga and the anime. And, would you say uh, that it's a salvation for live action animes, live action adaptations of animes? Because that's, that's like a lot of people hate live action animes uh, adaptations. I mean, if Hollywood does it, I would hate it. I mean, Hollywood Hollywood hasn't done a, a good anime adaptation, none at all. I mean, we you I mean, come on. I, I love Scarjo to death, but casting her for Ghost in the Shell? Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Powerful opinions no. here. Um, and then and then you had that that abomination of the uh, Death Note for Netflix. That I think was it was it also this year? That came out this year as well, right? Um, I, don't, um, I think that you, was. was what, what, um, did you mean uh, Full Metal Alchemist or no? I think Death Note came out like last year, maybe or. Oh, that was last year, but yeah, um, that was terrible. But that was you know that was a Western take. I mean, mm-hmm. but for Full Metal Alchemist, um, this was a Japanese produced as well. That bombed so hard. <laughs> okay. Uh, I kind of agree. Uh, I did enjoy it. it. Bombed I'm so hard. A fan no. of Alchemist, but yeah, I can see that how it bombed. No, you know, it's like a fan service just to me a little bit. That was a mistake. <laughs> oh my god! It was a freaking mistake. Okay, okay, it was. <laughs> anyway, so going back, so going okay. So to answer your question, like, is it a? Uh, salvation of anime adaptation i wouldn't i wouldn't say so i mean there are actually prior to this there have been a, a few pretty good live at japanese produced live action ad, anime adaptations i mean death note uh the one that came in the death note live action that was japanese produced was actually pretty good mm. um it felt a little campy for sure but it was pretty good and and i think and, and and Death Note, I mean, sorry, I mean, Bleach, actually, it's, it's uh, I would say they're kind of in the same level. I would put them in the same level, like Death Note and then the Bleach live action. I would put the Death Note Japanese version live action, mm-hmm. and then this Bleach one that's, uh, that's, that came out recently, I would put them in the same level. Uh, for the most part, they stayed true to the, to, to the material. Um, the, the pacing was, was, was okay. And um, and they wrapped it up nicely in a way that um, even though even though people know for sure that it's not a um, especially for people who read the manga or seen the anime, mm-hmm. if you wa- and if you watch live adapta- live action adaptation, you're gonna know that the story's not finished. But in the movies, they they wrapped it in a way. Uh, if it uh, especially for Bleach, if it doesn't get a sequel, you're fine. And if it's and if, for example, this is your entry point to Bleach, like this this live action adaptation, it wouldn't disappoint. I think it would actually want you want to make you watch the anime or read the manga. Which is good because I didn't quite get into the anime after the first few mm. episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. right. So, actually, yeah, I started rewatching it a little bit. Okay, maybe if you I watch might. this, then it might, you know, you might, it might, you might reignite might. interest in but. And then, then now that you mentioned about live action adaptations, I need to mention this: the best, the best one that I've seen recently is still Rurouni Kenshin live action. Yes. That 
it's a it's a trilogy. It's a three part uh, three part movie. I mean, they also did the same thing with uh, like the first movie. Um, had sequels not been greenlit, it would have been fine. It ended it ended well, but um, the thing was the, the the first movie did so well. They they did uh like the it was green greenlit for sequels. So two movies came out a month apart. Actually, the part two and part three came out a month apart because they they kind of they're kind of like a like a, in the same continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, that was for the first the first two movies mostly stayed true to the source material. It was in the third movie that they took liberties with how they wanted to tell the story, how they wanted to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. But they did it so well that you wouldn't mind, even if you've seen... I mean, Rurouni Kenshin is an epic anime. Epic. Mm. And um, I and that arc that... that in full. Oh my gosh. I've always seen like episodes of it at some point in the past while it was still airing. I think I put this on your put this on your list now. Okay, okay, okay. Doing it. It's one of the one of the best anime ever. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, the the thing that the Rumi Kenshin live action did is for the third movie they took plenty of liberties, but since they already set you up with the first two movies that stayed true, um, st- mostly true to the, the source material, and they kind of really captured the spirit of each of the characters when they did their thing. That when they did their own thing in the third movie, the motivations, even in, even if the even the way even the decisions that the characters made, even though they were different from the anime and the manga, it as a viewer you 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 get a sense that that also makes sense for their character to make that decision to do this action. Yeah. So I mean, I think this merits an entire yeah. episode, like like just a live action adaptation, like our take on it. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's, just, it's just a complicated and vast topic, right? It is, like there's, it there's is, a lot of is. opinions surrounding it. There are. There Although are. I haven't admittedly watched a lot of live action adaptations because I am mm-hmm. one of those people who don't particularly like them as well. <laughs> <laughs> I give them a chance. I try to give them a chance because you know. Good for you. I, I I I enjoy I enjoy seeing um, one thing jump from a page and be animated and then be turned into a live action. I just enjoy the whole. I, I try to think as a as someone who writes scripts as well and then and make videos as well. Um, I try to kind of try to get behind the idea of how did they how did they come up with this decision to do this and do that? So yeah. that's something that's, um, that's of interest to me. That's why I, I check these things out. Yeah. Yeah. We still have one, right. more recommendation, one more recommendation, right? I do? Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. Right, right. Well, gosh, what, what, would, what would another one be? Um, see, you have a lot. I barely have any. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Um, Oh wait, um, I wrote this because uh, uh, this one is coming out. Um, this one actually sneakily showed up on Netflix recently. It's uh, it's an old anime, not really that old, about a decade old. Um, and I mentioned this earlier too. It's uh, Code. How do you say it? Code Geass. Code, Code Geass. Code Geass. There you go. Geass. Um, it's such. Uh, 
So the funny story, the funny thing about this uh, anime is the first episode I saw is the mm-hmm. finale. Really? I, mean, I was already spoiled. That was the first episode I saw. But having seen the finale, I'm like, I was so curious how it got there, which is why I really sought out to really watch the entire thing and it did not disappoint. It was such a one it's such a wonderful story if you haven't seen it. If you if you if you guys are fans of Death Note, I think there's plenty there's plenty in Code Geass that you'll like because there there are a little bit of right? if you're a fan of psychopaths. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are. So. Oh my gosh. What is the story? How how do I summarize the uh Code Geass story? It's basically this this dude, this super smart dude Who's uh who's royalty, right? He's royalty. He's yeah. um, but then uh, his mother was murdered, right? Mm-hmm. Am I am I, am I saying this right? Um, yeah. So I think that from what I can recall, that's what happened. They're kind of the the king of the hill, so to speak. So they're uh, they're, they're royalty, and they've um, colonized several nations, and one of those nations is, is Japan, and um. They, and instead of those countries having the name, they kind of turned into just numbers. So Japan was assigned the number 11, and the locals were called 11s. Uh, so there's this, and they kind of, they were kind of, um, after their mother was murdered, um, they were kind of thrown into Japan, and they kind of lived the, they were privileged, but they weren't really treated as royalty. Being an idealist and, and having this grudge, wanting revenge over his father for the, for the murder of his mom, uh, that's kind of his main motivation. He's, he, he wants change, basically. He doesn't like how things are being run. He wants change. And, um, and then and in one of the one fateful encounter, he, uh, he's, he gets special abilities, abilities to compel. Basically, if you look him, look at him straight in the eye, he commands you. You will do what he says. Um, but the thing about him is that he's super smart, um, and the main driving force of the story is that how how he uses his abilities along with his with his smarts, um, how he takes advantage of that to kind of get to his goals to kind of affect and make a change. And it's not to really. It's just a cliche when you say it, but he really want, he wanted to change the, how things are running and wanted to change the world. Yeah. And so there's, there's a lot that goes into it. There's, like, it's, uh, there's it's, a lot of... Oh, there's, a, there's war. Um, there's a lot of relationship stuff, too. Um, there's a lot of different real-world topics, too, that they discuss there, or the kind of touch on our show. Yeah. And it's actually very relevant, to uh, Exactly. Right now. Um, if you think about it, so it's a. I think it's a good recommendation. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, it is good a good recommendation. I recommend it as well. I second it. I've seen it, and I second that, mm-hmm. that recommendation. Yeah, I'm actually planning on rewatching it since it showed up on uh, on Netflix again. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that about wraps it up for our uh, pilot episode of the Breach Pod. Um, yeah. So definitely, um, we'll let you know. Subscribe um, wherever follow, you find this. Subscribe. Follow. Subscribe. Wherever. Mm-hmm. And we're, we also have social media accounts. Just look yes. for the Beat Pod, uh, practically everywhere. Um, we'll definitely post updates there. So if you want to see, want to hear more from us, I don't know why, but if you do, that's great. <laughs> we love you. 
Um, yeah. Uh, anything else you would like to, to add? About. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Basically, that's what? it. That's it. Thank so you for that's... and for, thank you for coming with us to our breach. Again, that wraps it up. Thank you so much again. Um, again, follow us everywhere on social media. It's the Breach Pod. We're gonna be um, catch you guys again when we open in a open a breach. We'll see you in the breach next time. Oh, my God.